Good morning, Manly Dad. This morning, I want to talk about the first 24 hours with baby girl, a time that was so rough that we gave the nickname Guantanamo Baby to uh, this particular state of mind of this disturbed little baby. Um, So as you'll recall from our last episode, um, we went into this whole process of having baby girl on Tuesday. Um, Got the surprise, you need to be induced now. Found that out Tuesday. Um, So went in overnight to begin induction. Wednesday was birth and on um, Wednesday evening was when we had baby girl. So Tuesday morning, we skip an entire night of very little no sleep, jump straight into the next night when we should be going to sleep after a very long 36 hours, um, emotionally, physically exhausting. And now we have jumped 36 hours and all of a sudden have this real live human baby. Um, let's ours. So weird. I can't, I can't express how weird it is to suddenly go from your regular life to 36 hours later. Suddenly you, you have this real life baby that you're supposed to take care of and is yours and you made it. And I, I, I've heard that after you have the baby, then it becomes real. Um, I, I've heard from, Another one of my dad, very close dad friends, after a year when they're starting to like talk and interact with you, it becomes more real. I don't know. Um, I, I've been married for almost two years now. Um, yeah, next week will be two years. And I still don't think that feels real. Um, I, I love my wife so dearly. Um, but all of it really kind of feels like a dream to me, um, marrying my wife, moving into a new house, love my wife, love our house, love our job, love our baby. None of it really seems real to me. So I'm cool with that. Um, but, but so we're there at night, um, and we have a baby. Awesome. And baby girl has been very well behaved. She came out and fussed a little bit, but didn't really do the super loud cry thing, was active, and you could see that she was healthy. She just was very patient with the pokes and prods and examining and all of that when she first came out, and it was it was great. So I, I let my guard down. I got my hopes up, and I thought that maybe I had the best baby on the face of the earth. So, a few hours later, (laughs) we're in the mom and baby ward, and baby girl is ready to begin her first hibernation. Um, If you've heard about this process before, you have a baby, at first they're super alert and checking everything out and looking at you and got their eyes open and are awake and it's a big deal. And and then they go into like this hibernation, this post I just went through a lot and I need to get my energies up. I'm a baby. I sleep a lot anyway, but, but the last few hours have just been so much there. There was this journey. I went out and there was smushing 
Uh, and there, it was very traumatic, and it was long, and it was exhausting, and I, I, I just, I, I'm exhausted. So they're supposed to hibernate. I wonder if there should be some protocol for nurses and things to do what's necessary, but just cut back on some things. And I had this conversation with one mother baby nurse, um, and she said it's a bit different at her hospital. But some of the things, um, like the first bath. We, they had uh, six-ish hours, six, eight hours, something like that. Um, and you would have thought that this was a major countdown to the bath. Like, they were very insistent. It was about one o'clock in the morning, and they, it, the tech came in and said, it is time for the bath. I thought it's one o'clock in the morning. We just got her to sleep. It's time to sleep. But no, the tech said it was time for bath, and so baby got woken up. As she had been for a couple hours and was given a bath against her will. She was not excited about that bath. Since then, she's loved baths. That bath was not having it. So gave her a bath and all of that. Just over and over and over, baby girl got woken up. So about two o'clock in the morning, um, nurses have already said that they're only going to come in every four hours or so to do vitals and all that. That hasn't been the case. Um, tech is also on a different schedule, so every half hour or so they're coming in. Baby girl's gotten woken up more times than I can remember. She is not happy at this point. Um, and what we realize now is she got so overtired. She got to that tired state where you're so tired that you can't sleep. And she didn't know how to put herself to sleep to begin with. She had just been rocked to sleep in her mama's tummy. So she didn't know how to put herself to sleep. And now she's so tired she can't sleep. And she was upset. This baby was upset. The only way I could get her to stop crying and fussing was to hold her and walk around the room. Just hold her up to my chest, hugged close to me, and continually walking at a constant pace. I dare not slow down or else, if you've seen the movie Speed, where they have the public transfer bus that has to keep up a certain speed or else the terrorist bomb will go off in a way I felt like that was my baby because if I slow down below her minimum required speed her mouth would open and her lungs would engage and she would just go off over and over and over so I I got it I got the point I'm not that stupid keep walking just keep walking just keep walking, just keep walking, just keep walking, walking, walking. Only the thing is, in our room where it's still fairly dark and I'm close to my wife and she can see that baby is all right and doesn't have to worry about that, but it's not super bright like the hallway outside. To stay in our room, I have about an 11-foot path from the sofa to the door of the room. That's the longest path I could triangulate. Um, instead of one of the six-foot paths beside the bed or something. It was this, okay, from the entrance of the room to the far wall where the sofa was 11 feet. It might have been a little more, I don't know. It felt like two feet. When you were pacing, and you have to pace at a certain speed, it it felt like two feet. It took me about a second and a half to cross the room and about face and come back, and then about face and then go back, and about face and go back about face and go back and I felt like NASCAR like I kept taking that left turn and I would get to the other wall and another left turn and I, and over and over and over for 
hours until this baby finally got to sleep. So from one o'clock in the morning, about, sorry, about two o'clock in the morning, it must have been 3.34 by the time we finally got this baby asleep. I was able to set her down in her crib. She stayed asleep. Mind you, she's exhausted. She was going to stay asleep no matter what at that point. She finally had fallen asleep. Girl was out. My wife and I wanted to be out. Passed out next to safe baby girl. We we needed our sleep. Uh, by this point, it had been about 48 hours. And my wife had maybe slept an hour or two combined. All of the little 15 minutes there, half hour there, maybe an hour or two combined. Um, I was probably about two or three hours combined. And it, it had been an emotionally, physically exhausting day. Um, all the adrenaline, all of the everything. We were spent. And then a nurse came in again. This was our first 24 hours. Um, after that, the day started to begin Sun came up, all that fun. Uh, we figured out how to put baby girl sleep. We we're able to do that. We weren't able to sleep ourselves. Um, my wife had focused on breastfeeding so much and had tried so much to teach this baby how to breastfeed and get into this state. Um, but at one point, she was trying to pump and just blood, straight blood was coming out. She had tried so much and baby was not having it and i i will talk about the baby biting in another episode um but the baby bite or the baby bit um it, it was traumatic and later on when we saw a lactation consultant she was checking out the whole process and making sure that everything was the proper latch and all that and and recognized that there was some obvious nipple trauma um, later on, that would be what I pointed out to my wife, that between nipple trauma and sleep deprivation, these, these were legitimate torture tactics in Guantanamo Bay. As new parents, we are very close to literally being tortured. But night two, we were able to get some sleep. Um, I was able to get more sleep than my wife, obviously, with breastfeeding, but we got some sleep and family help and all of that. And from there on out, we had a few bad nights, but it got better. It gets better. New parents, please take heart. It gets better. It, it'll be okay. Um, you, you, may, you may tolerate. Um, you may have to endure some mild torture. You, I think that's just having kids. We endure mild torture from our kids, um, along with cleaning up poop and not getting sleep and running on caffeine. I've just, I've accepted that as a norm. So it happens, but most of the time you, they get a lot better and then they do the super cute ooing and gooing and they smile at you and you forget all of the last night or the last week of whatever mild torture you've experienced and you go, Oh, my sweet baby girl. And then you have a rough night and you go, you are Guantanamo baby. <sighs> so 
take heart. All of you uh, dad supporters, new parent supporters, please feel free to be around when they ask you to be around and support. And when we got home, my wife's parents came over and I said, would you mind watching baby girl so we could just take a nap? I, I have to say it was quite possibly the most enjoyable nap of my entire life. I was just being able to just lay my head on the pillow and know that someone else was taking care of baby girl. Uh, it, it may have been one of the most beautiful moments. Just going, I can sleep for a moment. I I can, without distraction, sleep. It's beautiful. It's all just beautiful. So, thanks for joining me. I'm your host, Brandon Mead. And until next time, happy dad venturing. <laughs>